Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com. It's after a weekend of high emotion in Kingspan Breffney, where Cavan finally got the, the large monkey called Monhill off their back. But um, there was other animals on display. Delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick. He wasn't the animal that was on display. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> From the Anglo Celt. But... Uh, I, I I only got reading a little bit of your story, so you're going to have to give me the full story about the the most famous dog in Ireland from the weekend gone by. Tell me, tell me exactly what who owns the dog. What's the story here? Okay, Damien, this is this is the story, and I I don't care what anyone says. This was this was proper journalism. <laughs> <laughs> it was full of puns. It was the most cringeworthy piece of writing I ever put together. But it was a bit of crack. And the funny thing was, it's it's the most read story on the Anglo Celt website in the last few months. Which says it all. It says it all about the country we live in, <laughs> and and the journalism, the journalists dogs. we've got. It, <laughs> basically, um, the dog was named Sky. So for anyone who missed it, obviously a dog came onto the pitch and ran amok for about two minutes. Uh, the dog was named Sky, and she was owned by um, a, a girl called Leanne Riley, and her partner. I think her, I think it was her partner, and they lived in Parkview, which I think is close enough to to yeah. Breffney Park, as the name would tell you, and. Uh, they weren't at the match. I don't th- get the impression that that um, the owner is a big football fan. Okay. So, they were, but they were at home and they were sitting in the house. And next thing, she got a video sent on WhatsApp that someone had taken off the TV and said, "Is this guy?" She she went, <laughs> "No, nah, I don't think so." Looked out the back garden, no sky. <laughs> about ten or fifteen minutes. About ten or fifteen minutes later, in comes Sky, absolutely buzzing. She said she never saw her as excited. Absolutely. Happy as Larry, uh, kind of with this look on her face, as much as to say, look at me. And she <laughs> said she absolutely loved the attention. And uh, so I thought it was that someone had brought his pet dog with him to the game and that the dog, they managed to call her off the field or something. The dog only decided to get off the field herself. If it wasn't for that, she'd still be on it. Oh, my God. Because there was no catching her. Had enough attention on the day. It, what was so funny was when she was running around and everyone was trying to catch her. And then at one stage, she stopped. And she just stopped dead for a second. And you can see people were starting to close in, and then bang, she was gone again. <laughs> and uh, Leanne sent me a couple of photographs of the dog wearing a Cavan jersey. And uh, my God, <laughs> I cannot stop laughing at it. I've seen dogs in jerseys before, but this is just so funny because there's a, the dog has an expression on her face as much as to say, Yeah, I'm wearing a Cavan jersey. And I took over Breffney Park. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. So if you want to see it, go on angloset.ie and check that out. Yeah, it's a little bit rough. <laughs> well, look, one hundred going into the back door now. <laughs> uh, Mickey Brennan enjoyed it so much that during the dis- or after the disruption, Monaghan took a shot. The ball went wide, and Mickey went. The dogs in the street knew that one was wide. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> terrible, terrible. But There's two uh, things Mickey Brennan loves: it's it's puns and dogs. Oh so my god! That was set up for him. And I don't know which he likes more. But anyway, we'll not, we'll not stay on that one too long. Perfect. Um, Brady's Arva Limited, 
Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049-43-3011. Right, well, look at, I'll tell you what, we do like to tip Paul's hat when he, when he put a wee feather in it when you do get the predictions right. So let's go back. It's over a week. It's a week and a half ago now, and it was a week and a half out from Cavan against Monaghan when Paul made this call. I'm going to tell you how I think it's going to go, because I know you're looking to wrap up there. Go on. And you asked that question, and, and my answer to that is, I think I think Cavan are going to get the goal that they're seeking, and I think coming into the home stretch, Cavan are going to have a nice lead of maybe five points, and I think Monaghan are going to come right back at them, and it's going to come down, coming right down the final stretch into injury time, there's going to be maybe a point in it, and Cavan will hold on and win the game by a point or two. Now, as predictions go... To, to try and predict a win for Cavan was a big call. To try and say that you'd be four or five points ahead coming into the, the closing stages was a hell of a big call. Now, look, at Monaghan didn't close the gap, but you got you got a, a big, big part of that right. Now, we did cut it off in time for where you said that James Smith was going to get a goal. <laughs> we'll, we'll, not, we'll not dwell on that one, but it was a good call. It was I, a hell of a good call. I thought it was a good call, and I did put my, my uh, very limited... Money where my mouth is, and I backed Cavan half time, full time at a eighty nine to two, which I thought was a good, a good price. But I, I felt that I just felt that Cavan were primed, and I thought Cavan were going to be way better than Monaghan on the day, but they might get jittery because they haven't been used to winning these games. Yeah. And that, that was look exactly what happened in the end up. In fairness to the Cavan lads, and 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 I suppose this was the point that Monaghan came back at the, at them in the second half, got it back to a three point game, but every time they got to three points within three points. It was it was back to Cavan would get a score. Cavan would get some control. There was a bit more composure about what Cavan were doing. You didn't have the same sense of panic, but you did have a sense of urgency. And and it, and there's a a clear difference there. Like I thought, a, a key moment, you know, in in the determination factors where that I thought Jason McLaughlin diving across in front of Kieran Hughes. It, it 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 reminded me of a few years previous where Jason missed that ball, or you know, I I think it was Darren Hughes, was it? A few years y- ago, yes, it, yeah, you know yeah. that it just you were going oh no, like they're, they're they're wobbling here, but there wasn't a split thought in his mind. There was one focus: I'm going to get something on this ball, and that was that was amplified across the entire team. I thought, yeah, I agree. J- like Jason's the quiet man of, of the Cavan team, you know. Um, from Shannon Gale so wouldn't be around Cabin Town much which is the media hotspot I suppose of <laughs> between it and Virginia um, well that's where we would know most people to be fair like yeah, and yeah. so we, would, we wouldn't have him on podcasts or we wouldn't do very many interviews with him and, and he, he's a very low profile on the, on the field he doesn't come up and get scored he play, does his role quietly but he's he's obviously an exceptional player because he's basically been a starter for Cavan for about seven years, yeah. and very if if he's fit he plays. So that'll tell you what various managers have thought of him. 
and I thought he had his greatest hour in the Cavan jersey um, of the weekend like, to do it yeah. in a championship game thought he was phenomenal like he saw for O'Hanlon who's a tricky player Like he, what O'Hanlon has is just blind in pace and that's a scary prospect for uh, any defender and, and on top of that what he has is you know that pace gets him away from players and then he has very good awareness of what's on, going on around him but because he couldn't get away from Jason there was constantly pressure coming to him his awareness went down five, six notches because of that and, and it was a big plus for Cavan that he couldn't pick out those passes like the little lobs that he'd give in for a, a goal chance or he just couldn't get away from Jason far enough to, to get the head up. Yeah. That, was, that was crucial. I, don't, I wouldn't fully agree with that. I, I suppose he has because he has pace and he gets into space but I think his football savvy is probably a weakness he has and I know Mickey Hanna said that to me as well because He's not primarily a footballer until the last year or two. He's always been a, a basketballer and a brilliant basketballer. Like he was in America on a scholarship playing basketball. And he's not that tall, but he's... Mm. Hannon, who's into basketball, says he's phenomenal. And sometimes he, it's probably because he, he creates so much space that, that maybe he's able to pick out these things. But as you say, maybe it's a bit of both. He probably looks... When he has so much time when he's in space, he probably looks like he has that. But I think when the pressure comes on, when the pressure comes on, you're always going to revert to type. Yeah. And... Yeah. and Look, and he se- he seemed to be struggling. Like he ran into a lot of blind alleys. Yeah, so that was a job done. And any any day you go out as a cornerback and your man is taken off, you've done your job. You, you talked about there if, if um, when the pressure came on Cavan and that they were they didn't fold this time. And I thought the two most important scores for me were Park Park Faulkner score, which was absolutely inspirational. Mm. The fact that Conor McManus's man who came up the field and had had the presence of mind and the courage to. And the composure to put that ball over bar, but Darby Feedy's point. I think when McVitie got that point, that's when I thought we we're going to win this. Actually, I have to say I was in the same mode because, because he had so much work to do when he gathered that ball in the right corner mm. to win well, he it. Had, he, he firstly had to shake off, which I thought Ryan Wiley done a very good job on McVitie. Like that, I thought. Was, I thought they both came out of the game with reputations yeah, enhanced. Funny enough, definitely. But he, he, any ball you win on Ryan Wiley. You're, you deserve it, you know. And not only that, but he, he won it kind of half-torn. And that was the only way he could get away from him. That Wiley, he left enough of the ball shown for Wiley to think, right, well, I'm going to commit to it. And in doing so, caught it torn, and that's when he got away from him. Up to that, he was either winning the ball without Wiley um, right up his back, or he was he was being dispossessed, as in while he was getting a hand in, the ball was coming loose. So it, I thought it was just a, a single second, split second of, of brilliance by McVitie. Just give him enough temptation that he's going to commit to me. And once he commits to me, I'm spinning and I'm gone here. Now, he, he, he had a lot of work to do even at that point to get back in because Drew Wiley came in and cut off his path. But it was inspirational. It was, it was leadership. Yes, qualities I by McVitie and I have to say I, I, agree I thought with you completely. they were after getting three points in a row and I can't overemphasize momentum in a game is, is so so important that had they got four in a row I think Cavan could have gone on and wobbled and lost the game but they never got four in a row they got three in a row they got two in a row Cavan got four scores in a row at the very start a goal and three points that's a metaphor for the whole thing because they've beaten us three times in championship in a row and they've never beaten us four times in championship in a row and if they had have mm-hmm. you'd say Wait a minute! So this isn't a freak series of results now. Four in a row is is a, is a switch in the dynamic in this relationship, which might be might be hard to change. So it was so important from that point of view. But just go back to McVitie. 
when I watched it on TV, I was a little bit disappointed. The, in real time, the angle looked so tight. Because even when he came in, I was like, what's he going to do here? It was almost too tight even to fist it over, I thought. Yeah. But when I watched it on TV, he, he did have a yard or so in from the end line. Um, but the amount of cabin players that, that must have had, had a bit of whitewash on their boots, because Cavan hugged the, the end lines and the sidelines all day. Even when Mackey came on, didn't get hugely involved in the play, but... He just stood on the end line and gave the weight. And I know the people in the terrace, several people were saying to me that people were shouting at Mackey to get in and get involved in the play. But he, he did his job there. without He influenced the play without getting on the ball that much. I have to say, tip of the hat to the Sunday game, their analysis on Sunday night, where they showed in contrast the difference between Cavan as Tyrone last year, continually carrying the ball into that D area, the scoring zone area, and being overturned where Tyrone expected them to carry it in. And Cavan, this time using the width of the field, using the full expanse of, of Kingsman Brefney so that they could create space and find gaps. And you, you, I think back to two or three of Cavan's scores where it wasn't just turnover, counter-attack, ball over the bar. It was you know, a turnover, counter-attack, Monaghan still well set up, having to work the, the opportunity by going wide, coming back into the centre, going out wide the far side. You know, Just being patient, but waiting for that opportunity to penetrate and penetrating. That was the big difference. I've seen Cavan use wit but never look to penetrate on Saturday evening. They use the wit of the field but always with the head up looking for that opportunity. Like Connor Rehill's point was a perfect example of that. If you can remember it, it went from the side that he scored over to the far sideline, coming back across again, and then Rehill, a lovely little dummy that, that lost his man that, as in a kick pass. That's the ja- that, was, that was the Jeff Allen dummy. It was like it wasn't even the dummy solo or anything. It was just like, now you see me, now you don't. Yeah. I, I actually watched it and I rewinded it. And I was like, wait a minute, what did he do there? It was just like, he kind of gave him the eyes and he was gone. Yeah, he, well, he, he laid the ball out far enough in front that he's, I'm going to take the shot from here. And then rather than a full follow through, it's just a little dink. Yeah, you know, he was a gone. Dink, a, a jab pass. And, and the Monaghan defender was diving to block it. So he was gone. And he still had work to do to pull it over. Well, he did because when he received the return, Drew Wiley rushed him. Now, what stood out for me was how easy he just stepped to the right-hand side. Drew Wiley was gone by him and tapped it over the bar. But his footwork was and his awareness, his reactions were all so clinical that it made it look simple. What was very, very difficult because a player coming rushing at you, it, you know, it it's not always that easy just to sidestep into the right area. And he sidestepped into space and still had the right foot to, to tap it over with the instep. But that was a great score by, by Conor yeah, Rehill. I completely agree. I, th- I think he's he's the very definition of a find because we covered Cavan on the 20s last year. Didn't stand out for me. I remember doing podcasts and writing pre- previews and he wasn't really mentioned. Okay, he was on the team, he was playing midfield. But there was seven or eight sort of player, higher profile players and players who would have been earmarked for possibly to break on the seniors before him. But he has come through. From the McKenna Cup, I, I distinctly remember we were in the rain down in Ballyconnell covering the McKenna Cup game against Queens. That's right. And he was man of the match on his debut. And he hasn't looked back. He hasn't looked back. And, you know, you see a lot of players turning in stellar performances in the McKenna Cup who don't come through. But he has just been fantastic all year. And he, he has it. Whatever it is, he has it. He has that coolness. Mm. And he has that bite, and he has what Cavan supporters love to see, which is a caught in a player. In the first half, in the first half, just listening to because being the geek that I am, I went home after the game, opened up a bottle of beer to celebrate, and uh, and, and stuck on Sky Sports. Really you crazy bastard! Went back and I'm mad, I'm mad. <laughs> but uh, uh, just before halftime, Conor Rehill he got his point, 
and Paul Early was obviously being fed stats. At that stage, he had had 21 possessions of the ball. 21 possessions, no mistakes. That's amazing. That was, you know, I thought that was amazing. 21 possessions in a game is good. 21 possessions in a half of your first inter-county championship game is, is you know, it's out of this world stuff. I thought Conor Rehill just, you know, typified a, a confident debutante and so did Conor Brady. Yeah. I thought Conor Brady's, like... You you could you could say to a, a seasoned player, a veteran, somebody that that even a, a player older in age, to say, okay, I want you to go out and physically dominate Kieran Hughes or or Fintan Kelly in the middle field, just bully them if you can, and they get it hard to do it. This lad's only twenty years of age, I think, or twenty one at max, and he physically went out like his first task in Ulster Championship football was. Right, you have to hold off Kieran Hughes while Gerald McKieran jumps for that throw in. So his first his first contact was wrestle, you know, and still no fear in him, no worry about doing it. Yeah, I'll go and do it, no problem at all. Cavan win the two throw ins. And I think that there when you talk about it's small margins in a game of football, obviously because it's one team will have possession or get turned over and have a shot losing possession, there's only going to be a difference of two possessions between the sides at any time. And they're the two throw-ins. They're vital to win. And Cavan won the two of them. Thanks to Conor Brady's work. Not that he went to catch it. He went to make sure that Garo could catch it. I thought, I thought Conor was, was an excellent debutant. And cast your mind back to, to uh, 2015 again. That game, which we have ruled for four years. Monaghan won both throw-ins and Carl O'Connell scored a point from both. That's right. that, that day. And we lost that game by a point. So that's how crucial the throw-in can be. Yeah. Oh look! It's 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 fantastic. We were talking earlier on, Damien, about Cavan's prospects of of going on to win an Ulster title. Now they haven't got to the final yet, so we don't get ahead of ourselves. And I I still feel that we could be missing something up front. Well, that brings me on perfectly to the second note that the big talking point in the build up to the game was on Friday night. War started to filter out that Quivian O'Reilly had played for Butler's Bridge against Cornerfin and scored three goals and four points. And everybody was surprised because I don't think anyone expected him to start but thought he'd be the man to make an impact. He obviously wasn't on the 26 and the funny thing is for me, right, again, we are guilty of this in Cavan. We talk about the lads that aren't there probably a bit too much. But last year and the year before under Maddy Midlean and we kind of said, well, you know, geez, he's not giving Cuevian a fair chance. He's not, you know, this isn't right. He's taking him off and he's playing well. He's not, he's not starting games or he's not finishing games. But now, now maybe there's something more to it than we're seeing. That's all. That's all I I can surmise from it. That Mickey Graham and Co are watching training sessions. Now he is only coming back. He got no chance to play a real game time bar a couple of challenge matches and only bits in them. So it was a big ask to have him ready for the Monaghan game. He he may he may have a lot more to come. Um but he's he's gonna have to step up a wee bit further than he has been, obviously. I, I remember saying on the podcast now bear in mind this is coming from someone who basically wrote a whole preview around around Keevan O'Reilly and and the gold threat and the ball win ability he would give us. Yeah. Uh, so it tells you how highly I rate him. And I was on the Irish Times podcast yesterday and I was talking about him as well. But yeah. I, I did make the point on a podcast a couple Humble of months ago. Brag there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Irish Times, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I did make the point a couple of months ago on this podcast that 
we are talking too much about Keevan O'Reilly because he's a man who's never played a full match for the county. Mm. And sometimes sometimes players, I'm not saying him because he's an up-and-coming player, but there are some play, and and has looked good when he has been there. Yeah. But there are some players who have been there and look good at times and other times look bad. And they got better every week that they weren't there. And so yeah. sometimes you have to be careful about that. Mickey Graham picked, picked the, the team based on what he saw. And by all accounts, Keevan didn't play well in, in the challenge game against Dublin. That's the one I, I heard that he, he didn't shine that evening. And he probably needed... It's like it's like coming to take the title of it in boxing. You can't just go and do enough. You have to really... If you're coming to take someone's jersey in the championship squad, you've got to rip it off him. And maybe he just you didn't do enough. noticeably better. Yeah, yeah. So, look at... Mickey Graham probably weighed it all up. I'm sure he was he was certain that Calvin would win. He had his work done, and he probably said, "I'm going to leave this fella off, and he is going to be chomping at the bit if we can get through to the next round." And what a position he's in now! And this is the other big thing, Damien, a change in dynamic in that dressing room. Graham has those players where he wants them now. He's the boss. He has delivered this win. Mm-hmm. He has he has left out big fellas. He's made big calls, and now he is, everyone is towing the line. Yeah. And that's something that Cavan needed because in the last couple of years, with all due respect, I felt that players maybe got a little bit too uppity at times, considering they weren't really backing it up on the field at times. Maybe getting promotion from Division Two, it was a it was a brutal Division Two the year they got promotion from. It, let's be honest, but in Championship football they weren't backing it up, and I felt that maybe just that bit of humility was could have been lacking in, in around the environment there. But Graham seems to have instilled that he he's the boss, and and the book stops there and. I think lads bought into it after the big Molyneux Yachta thing Graham became a national figure and I think fellas bought into it and he basically it took him a couple of months but he stamped his authority on the whole setup. Final final point on Quivian O'Reilly I, I do think he'll have a part to play as the championship yeah, goes on because I know I know his desire to play for Cavan is is born and deep and it's it, it's more than anything else in his life so when you have that desire and you persist long enough you'll get the results the important part for me was after the game, Quivian was on the field with the lads, along with the other boys that didn't make the 26, you know, not to name anybody else, because they were all there, I think. They all stuck with it. They all, you know, there was nobody saying on tours to when the team was named that, well, I'm throwing the toys out of the pram. I didn't make the 26. And Niall Murray in his interview in the Irish News made that point that this one, this win is for the 27 to 40 players or whatever he said, that those boys aren't walking away now. Those boys are here to battle for places and that's what's going to make us better. I thought that was really, really good, I suppose, thinking maturity level by Niall Murray after the game. And it was great to see Quivian and all those boys on the field enjoying the celebration because... They're part of it, whether they're starting on the bench or on the extended panel, the the, the, the full panel. They're all part of it. Oh yeah, I I read that, and and there's a version of that in the, in tomorrow's Celt as well. Kevin Carney did wrote that interview for Irish News as well, and yeah, th- th- I mean it was great to see it. There is a great unity there, but there was something else that jumped out of that interview for me. Niall Murray's been there since 2011 as yeah. a starting player, and it was his third win in the Ulster Championship. That was that was that was a frightening stat yeah. like for for a player that that had such a you know, a wonderful underage career with under twenty ones and everything, and, and success built into at that stage, two thousand and eleven. His club were going so well. You know, the Gales were were a powerhouse. I suppose you know, you you expected everything to just fall into place. But again, 
you talk about staying the course. Niall Murray never walked away from the Cavan panel. No. Good times or bad, no. you know. And he got his rewards. I thought on on Saturday evening because I thought he was immense. I oh, thought he was fantastic. I tell you what, I loved about Niall Murray's game, and, and and I didn't notice it in real time, but it was when I was back at home watching the game that night. Niall Murray had bite to his game that that you know typified where Cavan were at. That in the previous few years we've seen Cavan being bullied. Niall Murray, I seen at one stage just pushing Kieran Hughes over to the ground. You know, just you know, I, I think it was after a Cavan score, and it was just listen, we've got you boys now, and and we've got our foot on your throat. We're not letting it go. And I love that ruthlessness in Cavan. I thought it was without going over the line. It was it was. The white heat of battle and Cavan dictated the terms of it. So I thought it was it was absolutely brilliant. I was delighted for Niall Murray and, and a wonderful performance. When Murray, when Murray gets the ball on either sideline and cuts in, you, you, if you see the space, you can write it down in your notebook. Yeah, it's yeah, going yeah. over the bar. He's brilliant in that position off both feet. Yeah, I thought there was a great line, uh, and, and I'll read it out. It was in the Irish News as well. I brought it in. So um, it was Starman basically saying. Had he been wearing green and gold, a ginger wig and the number 13 on his back, you would never have questioned. Some of his passing was an absolute joy, especially the ball for the penalty and their final score of the first half. Married with a lot of good defensive work too. Martin Riley was on another level. Ah, stop. Like... Stop the lights. <laughs> it, it, it was literally... and. Th- the, the the last point of the first half, uh, Connor Madden's with, with the outside. It, it's all over social media. It was Carlo Connell that he burned away for yeah. from, and and in Monaghan dating Carlo Connell is 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 Flash Gordon. You know he's yeah. he's just super fast. He just literally he didn't have a he didn't have a, a step to catch Martin Riley. Yeah. Oh, he's just so, he's just incredible. I'm glad I, I uh, we we devoted a good bit of a podcast to him way back a couple yeah. of months back, and that was I looked up my tweet. And uh, I, I was like Father Ted when he won the Golden Cleric all week. Do you notice? Now we move on to liars. <laughs> I, I was going mental on Twitter, rubbing it all in. But yeah. back back then, we talked about Martin Riley and how incredible he was and how underrated he was. Like he, he at, at, on current form, he's as good a player as there is in the country. Yeah, yeah. Has to and, be. and and that that's the point. There's not a there's probably not a team in the country that on current form he wouldn't make. You know, like yeah. it was it was a super display. Like and while the icings on the cake were those sublime left footed kick passes, it was the rest of his game that I was most impressed with, especially when Monaghan put on a full press and Cavan seemed to struggle to break a line or, or get by a player. Martin Riley seemed to be more often than not the the person who would get that ball break one tackle, get by one player and create the overlap so the opportunity could, could arise from there. You know, other players seem to struggle with that a bit and I thought he was just absolutely out of this world, Martin. And for me, I don't know, Garode had a good game, but I don't know how Dick Clerken could pick Garode as man of the match over Martin. Yeah, right? I think it was a mistake now. Um, yeah. My sources tell me that, that Dick held his hand up I think, and when I said he, he made a bit of a mistake on Mature recollection. Right, right. Who, 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 what maturity did he? I'm <laughs> only joking. We'd get on very well with with Dick on it. Um, go through some of the, the, the stats very quickly. I know that you're you're always keen on this one, but um, Freeze conceded Cavan nineteen, Monaghan seventeen. Nineteen Freeze conceded isn't bad over a game. I, I, I'd suggest. Now the interesting one for me was that I think. Um, I'll have to go back and double check, but definitely it was less than ten. Armagh freeze conceded. I think was eight against Down. That was a. Is that clear next extra time? That, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Well, to put that in perspective, I I, I always remember the figure from twenty fifteen. That game we keep going back to, 
and the free count that day, Malachy O'Rourke complained about the referee after the game that day, and the free count was Monaghan had been awarded 34 frees that day, and Cavmore awarded 17. So for every free we got, they got two. Yeah. So it's a big improvement there to go from conceding 34. Uh, maybe a lot can be said about the referee too. I thought the referee was fine. Uh, people complained about him. The penalty, yeah, it was it was probably no penalty. Yeah. But from the referee's point of view, you see a hand on the back, you see a player going down. Why did he have his hand on his back? And people were saying Began didn't touch him, but he didn't give it for Began touching him. The replays showed that the referee was signaling there was push. a push. Yeah, yeah, he did. He he definitely gave it for a push. For me, it 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 was a very very soft penalty, but yeah. the opportunity was given, and I think it was given because Drew Wiley had lost Conor Madden and was rushing back in desperation to try to get something onto him to push him off because his man was about to score a goal, and therefore he put the hand on the back. Was it a penalty? Look, at if it was on the other end, I'd be I'd be furious, you know. But he, the opportunity was given by the defendant, and I don't think it was up to scratch, you know. And I think it was shown with Madden's second point, like Madden Madden was able to lose Drew Wiley a lot, you know. Probably didn't get as much out of it that he should have. In reality, and and Connor had a good game, but in reality, he should have had two goals. Yeah, well. Look. I'd like to see him play him with more confidence because mm, he yeah. is a, he is a good footballer. Like he's a very good footballer. He has everything that you need. And he's both feet. The, the surprising thing for me was you pointed out earlier on, but that the, this, the second point, he was on his left foot. He could have just tapped it over on his left foot. But yeah, no. But I'll tell you the reason for that, Damien. A, a really good, really, really good inside forward plays on instinct. He doesn't have to think. Conor Madden was overthinking that, and that's because if his confidence was fully there, you're playing on instinct. You're not thinking. You start yeah. doubting yourself. He 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 was when that ball came. He was like, "I need to put this over the bar." He actually came to a standstill, stopped, turned around onto his right foot, and hit a scuttery enough shot over the yeah. bar. Just just done 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 what had to be done. But it was to get the it, minimum yeah, but it. it was unmissable, and he made hard work of it. Yeah, you know, whereas he should have been latching onto that and either going into for the net or I know it's still a point, but it, but. Uh, it would give you more confidence to see him grabbing it and emphatically smashing it over the bar with the left foot. With the left foot, because that was well his stride. He was running. He, he yeah. was moving in that direction. I, but remember, bear in mind, and he's the, good on his left foot. The goal he scored against Roscommon in the league uh, when he came in along That's along right. the left sideline. Like he's he's a wonderful player. Yeah. Uh, but I'd just like to see him play more on instinct and and not be cautious like he was in that situation. If he gets a chance, bury it because he can score goals. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing will be going forward that. There, there is a question mark over the Armagh defence, you know. So, you know, ha- everybody's talking about their forwards being marquee. Their midfield looks like it's young but up and coming, and and, and has the potential. But their defence, everybody's questioning them. So, you're you're going to get space. You're going to get opportunities against Armagh to get scores. You know, Conor Madden should be having a field day and a game with that. But we'll we'll start our preview maybe at the end of this week. Yeah. Um, what else have we got to cover on this week's podcast? Um, well, I want to bring your attention to the reaction podcast that we've done on the Die Hard service. Um, thanks to everybody who's who's subscribed. We've have had a huge boost over the last week in subscriptions, um, and I hope that you're enjoying all of the, the preview work that we've done. In the reaction podcast that we let out on Sunday morning, Michael Hannon, Mickey Brennan, myself, and Paul joined in for a little bit um, to, to go over the game after the game at Kingspan Brefty Park. We also had interviews from Mickey Graham, Park Faulkner, uh, Killian Clark, and uh, Raymond Galligan. So if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin, you can uh, get that 
uh, podcast in reaction to it. We'll also be bringing your podcast later in the week with the All-County Football League results and a team of the week from uh, last weekend's Division 2 and Division 3 games. Um, so don't be... Uh, don't forget to get on to us on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram with your nominations for Team of the Week. Um, there's another, there was another hat-trick hero, but we'll be bringing that to you later on. A man come off the bench, scored three goals, it's it, it's worth listening to. So get get on to the podcast later on in the week. But get us your nominations, especially looking for defenders. For some reason, they don't like defenders in Cavan. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> I don't know why. Forwards get all the attention. Sorry, speaking of defenders, there's one man that we didn't mention, and, and we have to. Pork Faulkner. Ah, to stop. finish. Ah, was that what a hero? Was that a, a man said to me that that's as good a display that he's seen by a fullback from Cavan since Damien O'Reilly. Uh, well, I thought I thought Rory Dunn turned in a brilliant game against Donaghy in Crow Park yes. in, in 2013. Yeah. But, I mean, I think I think Park Faulkner took it to a new level there. Yeah. Different type of game, different type of challenge, but... And, and gave different option. He he put... Like, you'll hear on the interview that, over on the Die Hard service where it was premeditated to put Conor McManus on the back foot. Yeah. That was genius. Yeah, I loved where he, where he says, and people will hear it, Enough was en- enough was enough, <sighs> and I, I was like, "Get in, get in, fuck them. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, I will. I'll not be around next week, Damien, because I'm big money transfer to the Irish Times podcast. I really, I, I broke it to you earlier, but I didn't properly explain to you. Look, at, I just want to thank you for what you've done for me. You brought me, <laughs> you gave me my my chance, and finally, my shot, the big time is going. So I'm gonna. I be- can't believe you're cheating on me with Maliki Clare. <laughs> I'm just so so. What what has he got that I don't have? I'll tell you off air. Bar a national newspaper. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't heard that, it's uh, it's it's the Irish Times podcast at a time. At a time, I actually hadn't been subscribing to that, but I, I will. It, it is a funny listen. Maliki is very funny on it. I have to he's say. brilliant. Do you know, he's got a touch of Billy Connolly about him. I think. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's, he's there's brilliant. a nice level of sarcasm to what he does, and and there's a yeah, it's worth. It's actually very much worth uh, subscribing to that podcast as well. You get it on SoundCloud or Castbox or any of them. So, look, thanks very much for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan and send us in your nominations for the team of the week to play you out folks here's Cavan man I'm delighted to call him a Cavan man Dave McIntyre on Sky Sports uh, talking about the famous dog and not for the first time a GA commentator has to say the words there's a dog in the pitch Here's Kieran Hughes. And the referee rightly calling a hold to the game. There's a 31st man in there that's not quite wanted by anyone. And uh, he's moving around freely. Nobody seems to want to uh, take him off the pitch other than the referee. Watching that, Dave, just interesting. Cavan are switching their players quite a bit. Garrett McKiernan started midfield, now playing in the full forward line. They're just resting him up inside. And, of course, when he's inside, his, with his six-foot-four frame, he gives them an outlet for the long ball uh, as well. Darren McVitie now playing out around the middle of the field. Well, that's Carl O'Connell. He's one of the quickest men in the game. I'm not sure he'll be able to keep up with this imposter. Who I'm sure is absolutely petrified out there in front of the Cavan and Monaghan faithful that have arrived in Brackley Park tonight. Nobody wants to go towards, towards the dog, Dave. Nobody wants to go near them. 
sure the managers wouldn't be happy to see their players uh, sprinting after a dog. But uh, somebody needs to come out and uh, encourage him to get off the field, him or her. Well, it's a bit farcical at this stage. He's heading for the corner. And we assume it's a heat. But there'll be plenty of out of time at the end of this first half. And he's scooted up the road and uh, that little bit of a distraction has come to a natural conclusion.